everyone. Thanks for coming to the last of our model minority myth like episode, whatever. I don't really know what you call them, like chapters in books, maybe. But I don't know what it's like in the podcast world. Like a mini series, I guess. Yeah, like a mini series.、Um, ooh, Stephen, we have a mini series.、Um, <laughs> But nonetheless, thanks for showing up to all four of them. This is four.、Um, we'd like to do a quick recap of what we covered in the last three episodes because they happened over like two months.、Um, so、right. yeah, yeah. So in the first episode, we kind of talked about the model minority myth, devaluing the experiences of you know segments of the Asian American Pacific Islander population that don't oftentimes get as much representation or as much coverage.、Um, and so we talked about how the model minority myth. Hides the economic realities of many Asian Americans, such as Vietnamese and Filipino Americans, and how you know the different the experiences of say the Chinese Americans and Korean Americans may differ dramatically from you know these other two segments of the AAPI population.、Um, and we also talked about how different segments of the、uh, AAPI population feel discriminated sometimes、um, by fellow Asian Americans, and this happens you know on a, it can happen in subtle ways or in more kind of profound ways that. Still exists within our neighborhoods and it within our communities. In the second episode, we talked about how the hardworking stereotype can also cause harm to Asian Americans, from our parents wanting us to only be doctors, lawyers, and engineers, to our bosses and colleagues viewing us as good, silent workers. This stereotype reinforces expectations that can degrade one's mental health and qualities that are often perceived as docile and unfit for leadership. Mm-hmm. And in the final episode or the third episode, we talked about how the model minority myth can oftentimes pit us against other minorities that can harm our relationships and understanding of them. And so I think、um, in this episode we kind of talked about how you know other minorities are are working hard and they do value education and they have strong、uh, nuclear families, but they definitely do face a lot of kind of discrimination at a structural level that you know Asian Americans definitely might not face,、um, and that we can't just attribute our success to these qualities, but rather to the advantages that we have received as Asian Americans,、um, and also the fact that you know in history when we came to America, a lot of us were kind of sought after at for kind of you know high、um, you know. Engineering or high tech based、um, roles or university grade kind of like academics. So I think that's something we talked about. But also that you know, not only does this model minority myth you know devalue the work and diminish the long hard and history of Black and African Americans, but it also pushes us further and further away from being strong allies of you know the Black community、um, when we really should be, and we're all in this kind of fight against racial discrimination in America together. Yep. And if you are not convinced that the model minority just is not it, aka simply another way to oppress minorities without seeming like it, here are some rapid-fire, quick facts that will help you let you know. I just recently found out that Chloe Bennett actually had to change her last name from Wang to Bennett just to book parts in Hollywood. The、mm. Chloe Bennett from Agents of Shield whitewashed herself literally to pay rent,、um, and that's I mean like. It's crazy, but it's also kind of really sad、um, that she had to hide part of her identity to be like sought after.、Um, and then another thing that I noticed in Hollywood was that they made Tilda Swinton. She's like this like super white lady, cool actress, but、um, she like they like made her bald in Doctor Strange so that she would be like more Asian looking, I guess.、Uh, <laughs> um, which just goes to show that like there are non stereotypical. I mean, we'll forget the fact that she was a monk, but she wasn't a doctor or a nerd.、Um, Like stereotypical roles in、right. Asian American, it's like for Asian Americans in Hollywood, but they, they still chose like Tilda Swinton. 
Yeah, and I'm definitely going to jump in and uh, add another note. You know, there's that that movie that I, God forbid, would not watch, which was The Great Wall. Um, and it obviously has terrible reviews. But I think what's really kind of, I guess, hilarious about it is that there's it's about a warrior being trapped in the Great Wall of China. And, you know, despite it being about a Chinese kind of creation and a Chinese wonder, you know, the lead actor, Matt Damon, uh, who is white, you know, and that that's really kind of strange to me that, like, is there no you know, other possible actor that you could have chosen that was Asian, you know, like, you can't play this character as an Asian, um, given, you know, the kind of background of the movie. Um, but, you know, they decided to have a high profile white lead actor, which as who is the protagonist of the movie. So, you know, obviously, that sells in America. Um, and I think, you know, this is just another example, just like the, the example that Jules brought up in Doctor Strange, um, that shows that, you know, there is underlying discrimination where Asians don't see where, like, you know, where we're harmed by this model minority title. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll never watch that, like, ScarJo movie where she's like, I don't even really know <laughs> what the movie is, but I remember she, like, played some Asian character. And I was like, no, ScarJo, I was a big fan until now. Right. Um, so moving on, we do care more than just about Hollywood. Um, <laughs> another quick fact, there have been less than 10 Asian American senators in the history of the United States out of a whopping number of 1,984. And if you do the math, like, I swear it's less than 1%. Like, I, <laughs> I don't really know how you do, like... The, you divide 10 by 1984 and then it comes to this fraction. Like, do you multiply that by 100? <laughs> I don't know, but it's a very small number. Yeah, and I think we definitely want to note that, like, obviously Asian Americans in, you know, U.S. history are still relatively recent. Um, so we can't really kind of consider that entire number to be, like, uh, you know, less representation. But it goes to show, you know, that even though we've been here for 70, maybe more years um, in higher populations in America, that we still have only had 10 you know, American senators, so uh, Asian American senators. So I think that's that's really kind of interesting or kind of, I guess, scary to see. Um, but I guess moving on to the next quick fact, which is that there are only 10 Asian CEOs in Fortune 500 companies, and that accounts for only 2% of all Fortune 500 CEOs, which is pretty wild if you ask me. I mean, you know, we came to America as this you know, like most of the ones who originally came were kind of recruited for their academics or their, you know, high, highly educated, you know, for the tech industries. And, you know, yet after all this time, we still only have 10 Asian CEOs. So, you know, that's kind of crazy to me as well. And lastly, the onset, the onset of the quarantine and political uprising this year, uprisings this year, very visibly and physically pit Asian Americans against black and African Americans, literally for no reason. Um, there were a lot of like anti-Asian sentiments, anti-Black sentiments that I just couldn't understand um, when this all came about. And I think it would be a disservice for me to not take this time to say that while we did like have those numbers, those very small numbers for Asian Americans, senators in the history of the United States, CEOs and Fortune 500 companies, like I am sure and I, I did see for the Fortune 500 companies at least um, that those numbers are even smaller for Black and African Americans. Um, so just like as a note, I think one of the biggest things is that, you know, we don't want to keep pitting ourselves against these other minorities. Like we really want to be an ally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, you might be listening and thinking there's no way that the model minority myth is as bad as you say it is. You know, Asians are well off and doing fine in America. And while the facts that we mentioned are specific and definitely can be the result of some other factors, 
Throughout this miniseries, we've mentioned a plethora of studies on how Asian Americans face discrimination in subtle ways, you know, from Asian males being viewed and rated poorly when compared to white males in the workforce to other issues that exist, such as yellow fever. It becomes more apparent that at the end of the day, regardless of how well we think we are being treated, there still exists a great deal of discrimination that we face from the majority. And I think that's something that we really want to hammer home, which is that we shouldn't blind ourselves from the fact that we still face discrimination, maybe not in the same way and presentation or manner that you know other minorities might face but we still do and i think that's something that the the model minority hint minority um in the title does not kind of get discussed enough or kind of covered enough so yeah cool um so what like now what right like i love sitting here and hosting pity parties for myself but (laughs) how can we like ensure that we are well respected as a model citizen not just as a model minority or just a citizen period Mm -hmm. um how can we take action i think one of the things is definitely changing the narrative what is success and what is being asian american i remember from our second episode we talked a lot about the mental pressures that um young Asian Americans have to go through with wanting to be successful in the definition of their parents. Um, And now that we are the generation and we are leading up to some of us having our own children or just being role models for, you know, the younger generations of America, um, like we can change what that success means. And it doesn't have to mean being a doctor or being an engineer or being good at math. Yeah, and I think something else about changing the narrative that I've really liked is, you know, as many of you or some of you that are listening might know is about is Wong Fu, which is something that I grew or a YouTube channel or group, I guess, that uh, I grew up watching. And so they had this new kind of t-shirt line that was that basically says remodel minority. Um, and it's something that was even coined by the kind of Smithsonian Asian Pacific American Center as a social media campaign. The idea that we need to kind of change the narrative about what model minority means you know like we aren't just a model minority because you tell us we're a model minority you know we want to be this remodel minority where we're you know acting out and speaking out against the injustices that exist in america you know active citizens in voting in politics um and not just kind of pushing back pushing it back against the wave of like what we need to be in terms of our careers and i think that's something that we definitely need to change as a part of the narrative as well the idea that you know we aren't this cookie cutter ethnic group in america and that we're just as American as anyone else. You know, we came to America, we faced a lot of other uphill battles that, you know, throughout history. And so I think that's something that we definitely need to change the narrative of that, you know, a lot of people think, oh, just go back to China or go back to where you came from or, you know, where are you really from? You know, a lot of these questions that we get, like, we're American. And that's something that we definitely need to change the narrative of. Um, And I think I mentioned this briefly, but how else can we take action? We definitely need to start pushing back against the wave. Um, And at least for me, a lot of the Asian American parents I've seen, like to an extent, worship the white population and turn a blind eye to other ethnic minorities. So I was just wondering, you know, and I wanted to pass this off to Jewel as if if you've seen anything um, like this in turn or to some extent within Asian American parents around you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think like a lot of this is probably very like superficial facts or mm-hmm. kind of like the things that i've seen asian americans like worship around me are very like face value or i don't really know what the word is but you'll see when i start talking about it and i'm very fortunate that these are the only things i've experienced but i wish that when i was younger or like when me and my friends were younger somebody had told me mm-hmm. that like one day people are going to be really into 
like the foxy eye <laughs> um, and that I don't need to have wide eyes. And then like, I wish somebody had said like, it's okay to have a flat face because you're Asian and that's just like Asian people have flat faces, right? right? Like, um, and it's okay that maybe like your skin's a little darker or blemished. Like you don't have to have like, I think like a lot of Asian Americans, maybe because there's a lot of history like within Asians of like, if you're paler, like you are richer and like, well taken care of and things mm -hmm. like that. I, I mean, I've definitely seen that in history, like in like Filipino culture, like often the darker Filipinos are the ones whose ancestors like worked the fields. Mm. Um, but it does play into this fact that like, oh, white people have like the skin that we want, right? Like white people have the eyes that we want. Um, right. And again, like I want to point out, I'm fortunate that these is like, this is the extent of what I've seen, like people worshiping like the white population within my circles, but it definitely is pretty harmful. Like. You know, I know a lot of girls who have wanted to change the shape of their eyes and have done it. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, kudos to them for, like, being ballsy. <laughs> Not ballsy. Whoops. Um, <clears throat> for having the courage to do that and also the money to do that. Right. But, like, they shouldn't have had to, right? Like, if, mm -hmm. you know, if in another world, like, they should have felt equally attractive or equally, like, as admirable as, like, people with wider eyes or, like, double eyelids, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah, and I think that definitely extends beyond, you know, even just appearance or other things. You know, I think it it's easy for us as the Asian American community to try to assimilate into the majority and therefore think we've succeeded. Um, and I think, you know, to the point of us needing to push back against the wave, we definitely need to challenge ourselves to notice the insensitivities that other ethnic groups have around us rather than just brainwashing ourselves into thinking that it's all okay. You know, I think... Um, for a lot of Asian Americans, and especially, you know, even my, my dad has told me about this, but there are a lot of comments that um, he kind of hears within the workplace. And, you know, a lot of Asian Americans have heard in the workplace where um, people will make these comments um, and, you know, they will be extremely insensitive to, say, the Asian American population or just, you know, other minorities in general. And I think um, it's easy for us to kind of just turn a blind eye to that or you know just think like oh it's okay but in reality you know like those kinds of comments are are kind of part of the reason why there's still you know underlying biases in america today so i think it's definitely on the asian american community to push against that and try to kind of you know be willing to you know report that to your your hr group hr at your company or you know say something about it and i think that is something that we definitely need to do a little bit more yep um, and on that note, we need to keep reading, learning, listening, and interrogating. Um, there is no time and place right now for us to be quiet and to just take it all in and kind mm -hmm. of soak it all up. Um, the now, like, in quarantine. Um, and then <laughs> to use this, like, further knowledge to just, like, kind of, like, interrogate and ask why. Um, so many Asian Americans don't care or, like, go the extra step to learn the history of social issues in the United States and of other minorities. Um even our own, like, I'm definitely, like, definitely guilty of this. Like, I could not tell you what <laughs> Taiwanese Americans, like, went through, like, mm -hmm. in the history of the United States. Like, I am very aware of what Filipino Americans and Japanese Americans have had to go to, but I don't really think of, like, Asian Americans, like, in the different segments that we have and how mm -hmm. the different segments have been affected all throughout history. Um and just take that extra step to listen to a voice we might not usually hear from or a researcher studying these phenomena in America. Like I have a ton of friends who are so active in this community and space and it has been wonderful. Um, just like learning from them. Like Steven wrote most of the content for last like three the last like episodes. And so like even then like I felt like I was 
learning a lot, even、mm-hmm. if I was like part of the podcast.、Um, so thanks, Steven. <laughs>、um, what about you? Like, where are you getting all this content, Steven? Yeah, I mean, I think、uh, for me, it's just kind of some of the diverse classes and,、uh, from college. And so I think that definitely appreciate more now the fact that a lot of colleges will force you to take, you know, courses in humanities or courses in sociology and stuff like that as part of your elective course. And so I think、um, I, I chose to take more classes focused around,、um, I guess, modern history of Asian Americans or kind of Chinese Americans or contemporary Chinese history just to understand a little bit more about. The Asian experience within America. And I think that's something that was really valuable. And there's a lot of kind of information and studies that、uh, I had to read for those. But I think it's also like, you know, you don't need to have a college education or take classes in college specifically about Asian American issues in order to, you know, hear more about what's going on in, in our communities. But I think there's something that we definitely need to do is like challenging ourselves to, you know, Go to YouTube,、um, go to any documentaries or other podcasts that you know, we can obviously listen to and learn a lot from. So, I think one in specific that I've really enjoyed is I've been li- watching a lot of the Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man by、um, Emmanuel Achu, or I don't know, sorry if I butchered his last name, but、um, he what came to Capital One.、Um, To kind of give a conversation. And, you know,、um, I was able to, fortunate enough to hear his perspectives. But also, I, before that, I was watching his videos. Specifically, I think what a great one is the one where he has a conversation with the Petaluma police.、Um, so I think, you know, reading and hearing the perspectives that we might not usually listen to definitely has given me a new perspective on, like, okay, I can understand a little bit more what the black community is thinking of when they're doing these things. And that can definitely challenge my kind of、um, personal ideas or personal beliefs or personal biases. And I definitely, I've started I've started reading his book as well. And so I think that's something I've really enjoyed listening to and reading.、Uh, I'll pass it back to you, Jules. Is there anything that you've read or listened to,、um, you know, even outside of this podcast that you think that you've really enjoyed? Yeah, sure.、Um, I definitely have been reading just a lot of Twitter. And if you're lazy like me and <laughs> all of your media from social media,、um, like I follow. The angry Asian feminist. And、mm. while I don't like fully endorse everything that she says, right、um, she definitely links all of her articles. So then I can have like a better sense of what's going on, like to have formulate opinions on like Asian American issues.、Mm-hmm. Um, so like she's one of the people I follow.、Um, Today Explained is one of the podcasts I follow. I don't really know if they do a lot of like Asian American issues specifically, but they do explain a lot of what's Going on currently.、Mm-hmm. Um, and that does give us more perspective on, I guess, like, you know, what's going on with like other minorities.、Um, and I think that is super cool、um, for me to listen to as well. Yeah. I think all these resources, and there's so many more out there, are a great way to kind of just keep reading and keep listening and learning. And I think that's something that's super important, especially during, you know, quarantine and being home. Um, all the time, with especially this new wave of you know, cases that is coming out.、Um, but I think final, the final thing I think we wanted to kind of、um, emphasize about you know, how we can take action is interrogating our own biases.、Um, and I think that's something that we've mentioned a lot before, and I think a lot of people will tell you about. But、um, I think it's definitely something that we really should challenge ourselves on an individual level to do more of.、Um, you know, making sure our views are well founded. From reading and learning,、um, and actually kind of going and doing that, that research yourself、um, to make sure that you know, what you're reading is, is, is true, genuine, and unbiased, and that it's good reporting.、Um, and also, you know, just like making sure that you know, it's easy that we don't fall into the trap of doing th- saying things like, oh, Asians have it good and there's nothing wrong, when we only look at the ones who are doing well for themselves.、Um, you know, there's a lot of 
uh, Asian American segments, even in America, that are not doing as well. And so I think um, let's not try to kind of generalize a lot of, and oversimplify a lot of the issues that we do face in terms of discrimination or just at a structural level, uh, what we face is, you know, definitely has an uphill, ba- uphill battle as well. So I think we definitely want to emphasize that we need to interrogate our own biases. And we hope that you guys have ch- have have heard that enough so that you guys are willing to, you know, challenge yourselves, maybe just one step forward. And the last thing um, I think is that we have to start taking pride in the fact that we're Asian. Um, And some people probably (laughs) already do this, but I definitely, you know, felt like this was something that I I didn't do. Like growing up, I would just like want to be less Asian. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was kind of embarrassed of the fact that I was Asian. And then when I had a lot of Asian friends in college, I was like, why do I only have Asian friends? Right. Um, But we have to start taking pride in the fact that, you know, this is our history. Like this is our ethnicity. You look like the way you look like. And this is me. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah, and I think I definitely experienced that growing up as well. I mean, I was born in Colorado, um, and so when I lived there for the first 10 years of my life, you know, in elementary school, there's maybe four Asians in the entire grade, and that's a really, really unique experience, you know? And, like, at the time, I might have been like, oh, I want to be a cool football lunch player, you know, like everyone else, and I want to be, you know, fit in with everyone else and be cool. Um, and I think that that definitely can kind of lead to the idea that we don't want to be Asian and we just want to be, we want to fit in with everyone else. But I think now that I've gotten older, I definitely agree. You know, we should take, definitely take pride that we're Asian. Um, and we're also just as American as anyone else. And I think that's something that we all, we often forget, you know, especially since COVID, there's been a significant population in America that has shown their true colors, you know, calling this the Chinese virus, people telling us to go back to our, to back, go back to Asia. You know, we need to stand up for ourselves and show that we're a crucial part of this country. And in all honesty, we really are. I mean, we take a ton of the engineering jobs um, and that kind of build our company's infrastructures in terms of software. So, I mean, we are a crucial part of this country and a crucial part of the economy too. So I think that we need to start kind of standing up for that and also making sure that we are well-informed and active citizens so that we are in the limelight um, for kind of America's uh, publications or journalism. But yeah, I think that's all from us. that that this episode was mostly to kind of wrap up a lot of the um our thoughts and kind of what we can do to keep going forward with our ideas and keep going forward as um an active community within america um we hope that you guys have kind of taken some of our thoughts and maybe given it a few minutes of thought um and maybe kind of you know looked at looked at things in your own life and maybe um drawn some lines between the dots um in terms of just uh how we can kind of target or how we can view model minority myth um and so that's all from us um i hope that you enjoyed it and we hope that you um are willing to stick with us for future episodes we definitely have some spicy topics coming out soon um so be on the lookout for that but thanks so much for listening um and we hope to see you guys soon yes Um, Also, if you have any comments, feedback, questions, things you want to listen to, please, please, please do reach out. Um, Mm -hmm. Stephen and I are very friendly um, (laughs) and you can even do it anonymously. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's ways to do it anonymously. Just make a burner account on Instagram and DM us. Um, But yeah, even if the comments are negative, um, we are super, super open to like hearing it and listening Mm -hmm. you out. Like if you ever like fact check us or have something against what we say, like we're down to have that conversation and you know, we're down to address it. Mm -hmm. Um, So just like letting you guys know, like we're open for comments and feedback and we would really appreciate it if you had any. 
Mm-hmm. And definitely come search for us on Facebook um, or any of the kind of uh, streaming platforms for the podcasts. We're all that we're we're on all of them basically. So um, yeah, just keep in touch, um, and we hope to hear back from you guys as well.